G'day, this is Jules Dan. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. I've got a great episode for you. I actually have an interview. Holy crap, Jules has an interview. Yes, um, I had a bit of a break from guests. I wanted to just have some me time. And now I've decided, hey, I should probably bring on someone onto the podcast to drop some absolute value. And I've done that. Um, and I waited until a really good first guest came along and that's why I brought on Alicia. So Alicia's actually from my city of Melbourne and I think she actually reached out to me on LinkedIn first to just, um, to get to like, just to break the ice, so to speak. So that was really cool. And Alicia's doing some really cool stuff. She, um, is a lot further ahead than most people who are 28. She has launched over 450 funnels um, at one of Australia's best digital marketing agencies, King Kong. So if you've ever seen Sabri Subi's ads, um, she's worked for that dude, dude who sold a lot of stuff. Um, and now she's got her own thing called the Persuasion Experience, um, which she talks about a little bit. But I wanted to talk about how she went from going $400 gigs to $40,000 gigs, which is obviously, you know, just a, a bit of a jump, a bit of a jump. And naturally, I'm very curious. I like to know, how did you do that? So yeah, we get into the weeds of that. And this is my first episode back. So hope you enjoyed it. If you enjoyed listening to Alicia, she's got her podcast, which is called the um, Unapologetic Podcast. And obviously, she's got her website, The Persuasion Experience, and she is on YouTube as well. So I'm going to leave her YouTube down the link below. Without further ado, here's my conversation today with Alicia Conlon Hurd, two Aussies on the same podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets, a podcast to help you get more customers, make more per customer, and keep them coming back with the power of the pen. My name is Jules Dan. I'm very excited to have a, another guest who I actually haven't had a guest for a long, long time onto the podcast. And I'm super excited to talk with Alicia. And Alicia is also from uh, my home city of Melbourne. And she's the founder of the a co-founder of Persuasion Experience, um, and her journey going from an agency to um, running her own thing now is very, very impressive. And we're going to get into that story, how she did it, all the cool things along the way. Alicia, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Hello, Jules. Yes, nice to be here. It's nice that we've gone from LinkedIn friends and we've caught up, we've had brunches and lunches, and yeah. now I'm here on your show. I'm very excited. It's official. It's official. I remember yeah. you reaching out on LinkedIn saying, um, hey, cool profile. I think you know, there's something right up your alley. And then I'm like, oh, cool. And then so you just never know where where stuff sort of turns out. But this podcast isn't about me. This podcast is about you today, Alicia. So um, do you want to tell a little bit of the Cliff Notes backstory of, uh, you know, early days of how you got started and then how you, uh, your journey and how you trans- transitioned to what you're doing right now? Yes. So my origin story. So here's my little origin slash hero story. So my background is very much in sales. I'm a salesperson before I was ever a marketer and that's cold calling. That was my first job out of high school in a call center, cold calling, um, circle electricity, never paid a bill in my life, became one of the top salespeople there very quickly. Mm -hmm. Telco sales, agency sales, you name it. I've done it. I've even had to create my own lead magnets ring up ebook leads, book my own appointments, close them, onboard them, run their Facebook ads. Like 
I've done a lot of sales and I'm very, very passionate about sales. And why is that important? Because I think marketers need to have that skill, which we can unpack later. But when I first uh, finished uni, I started in a digital agency called King Kong. And I was one of the first employees there and built out a big old sales funnel and CRO team from scratch conversion rate optimization. By that time, by the time I left that agency, I'd done about 400 different landing pages and funnels. Everything from Brazilian butt lifts, million dollar home building companies, porn addiction counselors, banks, whatever, you name it, I've seen it and I've, and I've cracked the offer in that market. And after I left there, I went to Founder Magazine mm-hmm. and I created another sales funnel and CRO team from scratch and started launching million dollar courses with people like Nick Shackelford, who's a big media buyer, Joe DeSena, who created Spartan Race and created courses there at Founder. And then one day, my partner and I, who's also very ambitious and comes from a sales funnel and conversion world and direct response world, we're having breakfast and we thought, why the F are we doing this? We had side hustle clients. We were making the same amount in our side hustle as our jobs. So we shook hands, we rage quit our jobs and we started Persuasion Experience. And Persuasion Experience's birthday was yesterday. So that's it. That's the uh, the origin story. Uh, you, you, you grabbed your drink and you're like, should I bring it into, into the frame? Yeah, I have. If this is only audio, I have a weird large glass of cordial, but it's in a wine glass. And because I'm a small child at heart, I drink cordial during the day. Hey, we all like a bit of sweet. So <laughs> hey, that's a really cool story. So uh, I love how you said the moment we realized we're making more on the side than we were our real jobs. That's pretty profound. Okay. Mm. So when you did, when you, so one of the things that we, I wanted to talk about is you said you went, how I went from selling $400 projects to $40,000 projects. When, yeah. were you, when were you selling $400 projects in your journey? So that would have been at the start of side hustling, right? And that's when you're just trying to sell stuff. Like you don't really know a bit of extra pocket money. It's a very different game when you have a side hustle. So those projects were more like little CRO audits. And it was just like, it was, it's kind of like not an air of desperation, but you don't quite value yourself. I feel when you start out in a business or as a side hustle, like you don't. Yeah. And, and sometimes I had been in some companies that maybe purposefully tried to make me doubt myself or made me feel like I wasn't anything without working in that company. So like, who are you even? And why should people trust you? And why should they buy? So we were doing these CRO audits and we were charging anywhere from 400 to a thousand. And then one day we just started to think like, well, what are bigger problems that we can solve? Cause that's what it's all about is like businesses just exist to solve problems. Right. And you're going to move up the value chain. And one day, like we closed like a $5,000 client, or, like it kind of kept going up like a thousand dollars, 5,000. But just before we quit our jobs, cause my partner and I were, have been on this journey together we closed, so I closed us a $12,000 client. And we were like, holy, holy crap, like $12,000, like I can't believe it. And then um, our journey in our business, we just kept on refining the positioning, refining the value that we provided and figuring out the size of the problem we could solve. And eventually we sold a $40,000 project. And that's kind of like, there's more steps in that. We can unpack that if you like, mm-hmm. but that's that's the skinny on how we kind of went from there, $400 to $40,000 projects. So what does a $40,000 problem look like? Yeah, good. Very good question. It's a big problem, right? And because we do funnels and I'll just make an assumption. 
a lot of your like people listening are marketers. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have to like, yeah. I don't have to give too much of a background on, on what a funnel is, but a lot of people think that funnels equal Russell Brunson scam. Like not that Russell Br- Brunson is scammy, but they think that funnels are scammy internet marketers yeah. who are just flogging a course online. But yeah. the reality is you have a funnel, whether you realize it or not, your funnel is just all of the touch points in your businesses. Exactly. Yeah. So all of these big brands, these serious companies, like we've worked with, we worked with $2 billion tech unicorns in our first year. They are trying to scale and they don't know how. The solution is you need to focus on the post-click experience, right? Getting the click is great and nothing starts without it. But mm-hmm. what is every single touch point that happens after that? And you can start to tweak your, you can start to tweak your, um, your, all of your revenue levers. So basically what does a 40,000 level project look like? It looks like we do all of their research. We do surveys, we analyze like target market information. We get very, very deep. We understand the words of the target market, remembering that your marketing's inputs and outputs, garbage in, garbage out. So we always start there. We map out their funnels. We create their lead magnets, what we call Lee Wells. We create their landing pages that have what we call a golden hippo offer on it. We create all of the emails and then we do the copy. We do the design. We do the build. So we eat the complexity for the client. They're usually short on resources internally. And we do other smaller stuff, but it's not as cool. It's not as a sexy hook, is it? $400 to $40,000. No. But that's that's what yeah. a, a $40,000 prob- like problem looks like. It's a marketing machine that gets you predictable, scalable leads and clients on autopilot. And you send them traffic too? We don't do any traffic. So one of the ways that we were able to grow so quickly in our company is that we partnered with traffic agencies. So we have not run an ad. We did like half a million dollars in our first year, which is okay. And in revenue, not profit, but our profit margins were very, very healthy. And we did that through pretty much strategic partnerships and authority and just trying to nail a couple of social channels. And so what we would do is, for example, we worked with Kasim's agency, Solutions 8, which is a big Google ads agency in the States. I went on his podcast. I became a partner. We create a partnership page, which is like, they just removes the friction of them referring us. So all the account managers have this. Mm-hmm. If, if a client has a problem, like that's related to us, they just send that partnership page and then that's it. Like, and then people will come to us. So yeah, that's been a very big lever for us to make money in the business this year. Yep. So the things that you knew that your clients need to be successful, be like, well, we can't just be like everything. We need to find people who who are really good at what they do, which is for instance, the traffic, the creatives, getting attention. You just found, you just found the right people. Are there any, are there any other strategic partners that you found as well? We focus predominantly on traffic agencies and there's, and like the, the way to think about it, cause that's the what, but for people who are listening and they want to know the, the, the why and, and the how to think about it, people like your customers, there's people that have already spent money and time to get their trust and to build a relationship. So you just think about who has your clients before and after you in that journey. So who might have them before and who might have them after yeah. and who does something that's like similar to what you do, but not competing, what can be symbiotic and you can create strategic partnerships with them. Exactly. I made a list of this and it's like complementary, not competitive. So for instance, as a copywriter, or if you're interested, there's things like, okay, I got to think about the traffic. So there's Facebook ads, there's YouTube ads, there's TikTok ads. 
there's public relations, there's appointment setters, there's closers. Mm. I've just listed about eight there. Okay, let's go on the back end. We've got automation experts, um, different email autoresponder people, just like, okay, that's that's 10, boom. That's your list mm. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just, these aren't people who aren't competing for my business. If anything, we can help each other. So um, exactly, I love that you said that. Okay, cool. So how I went from selling $400 you said, and why you should never drop your pants on price. Could you elaborate on that, please? <laughs> <laughs> I think as, because obviously I started as a freelancer and although we have this company, it's persuasion experience, pr- people probably think we're a lot bigger than what we are. Ultimately, we're a couple of freelancers sticky taped together as a business with a team of amazing contractors that come in and we can, I've built teams from scratch, right? I know I have a very good network of people who can plug in and create these projects with us, but most of us, especially in digital marketing, we almost like start negotiating down the price for people before it even becomes a contention point because we don't have that belief in what we do and we don't have the authority and the positioning to demand what we should be charging. And so I, what I see is too many freelancers, too many businesses and salespeople who work within companies just discounting price trying to make the sale. But if you focus on these levers of your growth and your positioning, you never, ever, ever have to discount price. I've never, ever, ever had to discount price. If we really wanted to make it worth it with a client, we will take something out of the scope. We will never, ever, ever drop the price. Yeah. Okay. So I I saw that you were, you changed your offer a little bit as well. And last time we we're at brunch, what you were talking about going into the um, done with you coaching model. Mm. How's that mm. all turning out? Yeah. So one of the things about building a business with your partner who you live with and you're in the same house and you're always talking about this, the positive is it's like an incubator. Like we're like an accelerator. Like we're just always doing it. The other thing is you can get like over analytical and like we kind of live like three business days in one day, it feels like sometimes. So we're very impatient on results and it's like, bro, calm down. Like we just launched something yesterday and it's like, it's not going to work straight away. So And we're going through this right now. So in terms of like that coaching and we've been probably more validating and trying to figure out the future of our business. So one possible path for us was to become an agency, to become like a funnels agency. We would probably also need to start doing traffic realistically because it's annoying when somebody else is controlling the traffic if they're not good at traffic and then it's going to the funnel. And we don't want to become an agency because that sounds like a headache. And our North Star for our business is freedom. We don't, I don't care about having some bloody agency that turns over a hundred million dollars in revenue a year. Could I build a lot of fires to put out? Yeah. Like maybe it's like a headache there. And if I was going to build a big company, I want to build something that I could sell. And I just don't know about selling an agency and also like the margins of an agency owner, like when we did the math, so margins are typically 30% in an agency. So like we would have to be earning so much more, like bringing in so much more money. But then all that happens is you got to get more clients. You got to get more staff. You got to grow the team. And like our take home, it wasn't going to get any better for a really long time. And that like, we want a freedom business, not a hard business. (laughs) Like business is hard. This one's hard enough. So that just wasn't for us. So right now we're validating some different ideas and we're just kind of, we're honestly just trying to figure out where we're going to go. So we're running some webinars, but we're really just in the mode of who, like who is our target market and who can we serve best? Cause we've literally worked with billion dollar tech, startup SaaS, 
um, seven figure a month courses, e-commerce, all of these people were now just like, okay, like we've made money. We've got cash in the bank. We're building assets in the company, but like where, like where to from here and like who, who's the underserved niche? Who do I serve? Yeah. Yeah. Who, who do we want to serve and who can we get the best results for? So that's kind of where we are now. And probably every time you've spoken to us, we've had like a different idea. Oh, we're doing this. Now we're doing this. And we're like, we just need to calm the F down and just be like, who do we serve and how can we serve them better than anybody else? And the money will come. The success will come. So that's what we're really honing in on. And we're just having conversations, but it's good because we have the money in the bank. We're not like, we can have some months in the red or months in the black now because yeah. And we can do this anyway. It's been a very yeah. interesting journey. End of, cool. and end of monologue. That's cool. So you yeah. guys, are you still currently servicing any clients? Are you just building um, assets and like content and just yes. whatever it takes to, to do that next phase? Yeah. So we've, slowed down on clients. And so there might be people thinking, wow, $40,000 a project. That's so sexy. I'd love that. The thing with these projects is they take a really long time, like three months, like at least they're very, 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 those projects. We do other stuff in the business, like CRO audits, surveys, research, landing pages, blah, blah, blah. And that's our other problem. We probably can offer too much. We don't know if that's actually a a benefit because we have a toolbox, no cookie cutter approaches or a negative but anyway, that's a prompt conversation for a different time. So yeah, right now we're just focusing on conversations and figuring out who we want to serve. Mm-hmm. Okay. Conversations we want to serve. And I know we've kind of like leapfrogged a bit here, so you can pull me back if this isn't where you want to go, but you've done a really good job at taking results from projects and clients and then turning them into content. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I were sp- speaking about this before and it's what Alex and Mosey, um encourages people to do is instead of people instead of telling me what to do just say here's what i've done and it's worked for my clients you can follow along too so Mm. in the process of i know you've done quite well on linkedin on youtube have there been any insights while you've been creating this content and getting a small following along the way it's just that it's the power of demonstration and it's showing people not telling them and there's too many people online who say all this stuff, who know the theory, but they've never done it. <laughs> like, and, and when I work with clients or when I chat with other people like us, they have this scarcity mindset where they don't want to give away the secret source. I know that people can't do what I do because I had to read hundreds and hundreds of books, implement it 450 times, and then I had to be humbled just as many to have the failures along the way. And if I can fast track somebody else, that's an abundance mindset. Like success is unlimited. So one of the biggest things is don't be afraid to give that information to people and the power of demonstration and and what you put out there. And when you're like, you know, authentic, blah, blah, blah in your stuff, it'll repel the people that aren't for you. But the way that it attracts the right people is so unbelievably powerful. So the two takeaways or the few takeaways are be yourself, put put out there like what you're doing, show what, like just show what you're doing. Not that you have to build in public, but show how you're getting results, case studies and what you're doing. And then just give immense value because people are going through a buyer's journey. And sometimes that person will come back to you in one year or five years time and be like, oh, this really helped me get a result. And I've always wanted to work with you here. Like, thank you. Yeah. And I want to bring this up as well, because I noticed that you guys did a very, it was very strategic how you asked if you would like a free teardown, a free audit of mm. your landing page, 
Um, feel free to send it in. So two birds with one stone. One, you're showing your authority. You're doing dramatic demonstration. And in the process, this person's like, holy shit, this person just blew my mind. This yeah. could, and then that, that person could probably turn into a leader, I imagine. So did that is that how it panned out with um, some of those requests? Yeah. So what, what we did, basically what you said, had a LinkedIn post and I was like, and I also just genuinely like dissecting and funnel hacking Fun, eh? things. Like, and if I can turn it into content or get paid for it, that's a bonus. <laughs> like we have a lot of big clients come to us and they're like, oh, can you go through our funnel and find the leaks? And I was like, yes. And I would do it for free, but it'll cost a lot of money here because I'll get you a result. And so we asked for them, we got them, we did CRO audits. We use them on our YouTube channels that demonstrates authority and like in real time. And then, yeah, some of those people like turned into leads. None of, we didn't go super hard on it. So none of them turned into clients, but the YouTube videos resulted in clients. Mm. So like if I did a lawyer and another lawyer sees it, it's like, oh, that's awesome. And the thing with your YouTube channel, it's like, that's a forever asset. And that's what we're really focusing on creating. Yeah. And so if anyone's listening to me like, oh, I don't really have a following. How can I do this? I actually copied this strategy from Alicia. And so what I did, and so if anyone's listening and you're wondering, how do I do this? Mm. You find a product that you've purchased, like a course or something, and you go mm. to that Facebook group. And then you literally just say, hey guys, I'm, I'm thinking of doing like this on YouTube and explain what you're doing. Um, mm. If you'd like to submit whatever it is, I'm doing a free thing. I normally do this with clients for this amount, um, but in the return, you know, you go on my YouTube channel and you get to get this free free thing basically. Mm. And that just got responses by itself. So thanks for that idea, Alicia. Oh, I'm glad. I don't know where I got that from. I probably stole it from somebody else. So thanks to whoever I stole it from. And here we are making content. And did you, what happened from yours? Did you get any um, leads or clients or more just like fodder for good content? I did. So, so kind of like, so the problem was that they were so unqualified that mm. I probably couldn't do anything with them. Um, I, so I saw your ones and at least they had like a semi-decent headline. Like they at least had some bullets mm. that made logical sense for me. It was like, Oh, this is like a complete tear down. So I took the yeah. best one and I turned it into a video. I'm not sure if I could do the other two because it would be like, almost insulting how much I'd have to say you need to change yeah. this you need to change and that's, this that's the thing when you're doing like a heuristic CRO audit the whole thing that people get wrong I call it crow so I'm going to start calling it crow from now on but when yeah. you're doing crow it's conversion rate optimization you can only optimize something that's currently working and so when you do get those big dumpster fires of marketing it's very hard to point them in the right direction and like, yeah, onto your point, it makes me think of something else we've learned with our content. And this is something I probably have to remind myself daily because of the little dopamine hits that I get when I post stuff, but it's content with intent. What is the intent of the content? And the intent should be to build authority, to get leads, whatever it is. Like we have a whole content machine and game plan written out. But I think most people, when they start this content journey, they optimize for their ego. Maybe you build fans but you don't build followers. Like I'm not interested in fans. I'd rather have a thousand people who are true followers that really, really love and respect and like resonate with what I do than yeah. have a hundred thousand people because oh, there's no, there's no money in that. <laughs> and I'm here to give value, make money. Like that's, that's the vibe. So that's, yeah. Another big takeaway from doing content is that content with intent. Like every, yeah, exactly. So 
with the fan like 1000 true fans kevin kelly is that is that what yeah yeah and i think yeah. someone else everyone says it right like, <laughs> but like it's like i do think there's a difference between fans and followers as well like people can have fans or you can have followers like people that truly like hang on to what you say and like really respect what you do or you could have people that just like follow you because you do outrageous crap because that's optimizing for your ego because you can go out there and say crazy shit crazy stuff whatever and then of course people are going to follow you but then you just keep feeding into that and you become this like caricature of yourself when you're creating content when really like you've got to remember like no why am I creating this sometimes the stuff I post on LinkedIn my best one has got probably I don't know, like like 30,000 impressions or something like cool who cares um some of what my worst yeah. some of my worst stuff that might get five or ten or or 20 likes or something you know that results in people dming me being like oh can you do this for us like it just it just depends why you're, why you're doing it and that's important to keep reminding yourself okay cool I, while we're on the topic of important reminders i know it, uh, i don't want to spend too long with with your appointment i know your time is valuable but You've, you've accomplished so much for someone. You're 28 as well, right? Yeah. So let's just say someone else who's in their 20s is listening um, and they want to be starting their own. They, they want to go from freelancer to somewhere where you are right now. Mm. What, would, what would your takeaway be? Close this. Yes. So the first thing is make sure that you're financially ready to do it. We saved up six months of life savings like it's called a fuck you fund. So if we couldn't make it work, we had the financial backing so that it wasn't desperado when we went into doing this. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you do have the financial backing and make sure that you have the clients to jump into. Like don't be irresponsible. Like entrepreneurship is very romanticized by our society. The answer is not always quit your job and work for yourself. Burn the, burn the bridges. It's so hard. Do you know how much tax we have to pay? Like it is so outrageously hard. If I wasn't with Matt um, and doing this together, I'd probably still be trying to log into zero. Like the truth, like two factor authentication. Like I just, it's just so incredibly hard. So don't just think that's the answer to your problems. And that's like a reality check that most people won't give you, right? It's like, oh yeah, quit your job. Like just do it. It's like, no. You'll learn <laughs> so many other additional skills that no one yeah. talks about. And you can do it on the fly and don't like, and I also believe like, don't like just stay in a job that you hate and all of this stuff. But that's the reality check I think is a bit of, of an antidote to the romanticized entrepreneurship. And then just solve bigger problems, keep moving up the value chain. Remember that you're your number one asset. You're going to be, your business is constrained by your knowledge and skills put more time into upskilling yourself and to making yourself more valuable. And that'll come charge for your value and not your time and believe, believe in what you sell. One of the best books I read was a Dan Kennedy one. I think it's like the wealth attractions Mm -hmm. might be like the no BS wealth attraction. That's one of the best books you'll be able to read to eradicate invisible money scripts. Pretty good. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mine's in the bookshelf, but I've read everything thing dan kennedy we might need like a different fangirl dan kennedy episode but those are my tips for people to start thinking about and the things that when i reflect are the the things that helped me to take that leap from freelancer to business owner love it alicia thank you so much for coming on the show if people would like to listen to your podcast or find you online 
to check you check out more of your content, what would be the best place? Or where would be the best place to find find you? Yeah. So everything's under my name, Alicia Conlon Heard, and you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of the socials. The best one is probably YouTube because if you want to hear me monologue and rant about anything that's going to help you to get more leads, sales. If you are a business that wants to have a free strategy session with myself and not some sales funnel dude bro who's going to try and make you buy something, but if you want to have a conversation and leave with value about what you should do to improve your leads and conversions for your business, you can also head to persuasionexperience.com, hit me up, book in a call and we can chat. Oh, should I, should we have a link tree or do we going to have separate links? How do you normally roll? Oh, you're just going to link tree. What do you think this is? Some sort of polished business owner? Absolutely not. You're just going to get bombarded with (laughs) all of these links. I can give, here's all of Alicia's links now. We can um, do whatever you need, but yeah. No problem. Just Google, Google my name. Google is pretty, it's pretty unique. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Alicia. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, Jules. That's my episode today with Alicia Conlon Hood. So she left all the links. She mentioned all the links at the end there. So I'm going to leave them down below. In the description, my name is Jules Zan. Thanks a lot for tuning into Storytelling Secrets. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, make sure you leave a review. They all, you know, they really help out the show. So I would really appreciate that if you could leave a review. Other than that, thank you for your listenership. I appreciate you. I'll see you around for the next episode.